Today is the rise of the disciples is, is the title of our, our, our sermon today. And, and really what you got to see today was, was our young people leading us in worship. And Sam just accomplished something that his father never did accomplish in his life. And that's that I never once sang in front of people without crying and having to stop in the middle of the song and walk off the stage. So Sam's super talented. Way to go, Sam. Um, but, but today we're, we're wrapping up our mentor series, and, and today we're going to talk about the rise of the disciples. Last week, Pastor Jay um, led us and spoke to us and, and told us the story of Priscilla, Aquila, and Apollos. And through this series, we've been looking at different stories throughout Scripture where people came together and mentored each other to become the people that God created them to be. And so last week's story, Priscilla and Aquila saw Apollos. Apollos was ministering. He was, he was doing a good job. He was effective in ministering. But Priscilla and Aquila saw him and realized that they had something that they could offer. They could mentor Apollos. And so they pulled him aside and they started talking to him and they helped him get a better understanding of the gospel, a better knowledge of Jesus, and Apollos went on to be much more effective and a much stronger witness for Jesus. And so we've seen time and again through this series that, that when God calls one of us to do something, God equips us with others. So God gives us his Holy Spirit, which works in us, that gives us the strength to do, gives us the power to do what we need to do. But God also brings people alongside of us to mentor us, to walk with us, and to help us be and what God calls us to be and do what God calls us to do. God has had a plan all along to, that we would work together to fulfill his calling and build his kingdom. And so today, we're going to look at a couple questions, and then we're going to see the results of great mentoring. The two questions I want to ask us right here at the beginning, and I want you to be thinking about these, these two questions as, as you hear from God's word today. The first question is this, why do we need to mentor? Why should I mentor someone else? What reason do I have to pour into somebody else? And the second question is this, what would the result be if each of us took on the opportunity, took the calling of mentoring others, of pouring into others and helping people, encouraging people be who God called them to be? Today we're going to look at the greatest mentor ever. The great, I'm talking about business leaders, I'm talking about presidents, I'm talking about athletes, I'm talking about the greatest mentor to ever walk the face of the earth was not any of those things. It was Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And today we're going to see the results of Jesus mentoring his disciples. And we're not only going to see the results, but we're going to see the importance of why we need to be a part of what God has called us to do in mentoring others. So we're looking at Acts chapter 3 today. Peter and John, two of the disciples, are key players in the story. And we're really not going to spend a lot of time looking at when they were with Jesus. Right now, you're seeing the results, the aftermath 
of Jesus teaching and leading and mentoring to Peter and John and the disciples. So Acts chapter 3, verse 1, you can see it on the screen. One day Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at 3 in the afternoon. Now a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those who were going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. This is an incredible story. This is, this is what we need to see more of in our world today. The power of Jesus, the power of the Almighty God at work through God's people bringing healing and restoration to a broken world. But this story isn't just about a healing. It's an incredible story of healing. It's about something so much more. So Peter and John, this, this, at this point in the story, Peter and John, Jesus has left to ascend to heaven. Peter and John are, are there and they are, they are ministering to this man. Can you imagine this story happening? They're walking to the temple gate, walking past the temple gate, and this man is begging for money. It says a man that sat there every day begging for money because he was lame. He couldn't walk. And so every day he sat there begging. And this day, Peter and John, disciples of Jesus, are walking by and something happens. The Spirit moves and Peter and John and they stop and they look at him and they say, look at us. And he looks at him and the guy gets excited, right? So we've all experienced this before. It, it, this happens all the time in our culture, in our society, where people are sitting on the side of the road. Or if you've walked down the street, sometimes people are sitting there. If you've gone down to the Reds game and they're asking for money, they're trying to get some help. This man did this every day. And Peter and John, disciples of Jesus, are moved by the Spirit. They say, look at us. The man looks and is waiting for some money. And they say, silver and gold I do not have, but what I have I give you. This, <laughs> what do you think the man was thinking at that point? I mean, he's expecting alms, silver and gold. He's expecting money. They don't have money, but I've got something better for you. And he reaches out his hand and grabs the man by the right hand and pulls him up and says, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. And the man jumps up and starts walking around and praising God. This is incredible. And what I want us to understand today about this story is that this isn't the type of story that just was supposed to happen thousands of years ago. 
God wants to bring healing and restoration to people all around us today. And mentoring is a part of that. So I want to look at this story. I want us to learn some things about what these disciples learned from Jesus and what played into this story, this healing, so that we can have a better understanding of why we need to mentor others and about what the results of mentoring others will be. So let's take a look at this. I've got five things. Number one, Peter and John are filled with the Spirit of God. This happens right after Pentecost. The Holy Spirit being poured out on the people in the birth of the church. And so Jesus had discipled, had mentored Peter and John for years. They walked with Jesus. They learned from Jesus. He taught them. He showed them. They saw miracles. But Jesus... And John 14 says, you will go on to do greater things than me because I'm giving you my spirit. We'll read it later in its entirety. But Jesus says, you're going to continue what I'm doing. So they had walked with Jesus. They had seen the power of God at work. They had seen miracles. And Jesus said, you're going to receive the spirit and you're going to do what I've been doing. And so Pentecost comes and the Spirit is poured out and Peter and John are filled with the Spirit of God, the Spirit of Jesus. And so they walk by these temple gates and all of a sudden something's different and the Spirit moves. Listen, this is is something I just need to stop and talk about for a minute. The thing that's going to heal a broken world, the thing that's going to transform lives, is not great programs, it's not great music, it's not great preaching, it's not not strategy. The thing that has the power to change the brokenness and, and the hurt in our world is the power of the Spirit of God. And we have been given God's Spirit. Do you understand what's happening today? You didn't just come to church to sing songs. You didn't just come to church to to see each other and, and have that awkward, do I shake their hand or do I fist bump or what? You came to be filled with the very Spirit of God. God's Spirit is in you. And we come together to worship God and to be to come together as the church and to be used by God and transformed into who He created us to be. There are far too many churches and far too many Christians. And dare I say, far too many of us right here in this room that are operating out of strategy, operating out of singing, hearing, attendance, and we're missing the power of the Spirit of God. God's Spirit is in us. We have the same Spirit that healed this man in us. And God wants us to be a part of the transforming and the healing and the restoring of the world around us. So number one, they had the Holy Spirit. Number two, this is pretty significant to me. This man had been sitting at this place every day, it says. I don't know how many years before this had happened, but every day this man was sitting at the temple gate called Beautiful, begging. Do you know what that means? That means that Jesus had walked by this man before as he was begging. 
That means that the disciples, Peter and John, had walked by this man before as he was begging. Which brings the question to my mind. If Jesus had walked by this man, if these guys had walked by this man, why hadn't Jesus already healed this guy? And the answer to that question is, well, ultimately Jesus did heal this guy, but Jesus had a plan that was so much bigger than just a single healing. And had Jesus healed this guy, what about the guy at the next temple? What about the guy in the next town, down in the next road? What about the person across the world? How are they getting healed? Jesus did heal this man, but he chose to heal this man through his disciples, through the power of his name. This is significant because this is why it's so important for us to be mentored and to mentor others. We have to be connected with the Spirit of God, and if we're going to mentor others, the, the biggest thing we've got to do is help each other be equipped and in tune with the Spirit of God. But we have to be willing to let other people be a part of what God is doing. Number three, this man was looking for something different than what he ultimately received. He had no clue what he really needed. There are people all around us. You will pass by people today who are broken, who are hurting, who are messed up, who are lame, and they may think that they just need some money or they just need this. Peter and John had something so much greater than just a little bit of money to help that guy have a little bit better of a day. They had the very power and presence of the Holy Spirit that can heal and transform and restore brokenness. There are people all around us who have no clue that they need a savior. But when the spirit moves in us, and I, listen, I totally believe that we are called to share what God has given us with others. I believe we are called to meet the physical needs of those that are hurting. I believe that we're supposed to give to those that are hurting and take care of them. But the most important thing we have to give is not money, and it's not resources. It's the salvation and the healing and the restoration that only the Holy Spirit and the power of God can bring. And so they don't even know what they're looking for. But we have the power of God at work in us. The fourth thing, this is huge. He was healed in the name of Jesus. Let me ask you a question. What do you think would have happened if Peter had said, hey, be healed in the name of Peter? Hey, you know, I mean, Peter had walked with Jesus. He was kind of a big deal, right? I mean, he's all throughout our scriptures. Like, he was a big player in the story of scripture, in our story. And he could have had um, an inflated ego. In fact, that's something that Peter definitely struggled with. And he could have had this inflated ego and thought, look what I'm going to do. I'm going to heal this guy because I'm one of the disciples. If he had said, be healed in the name of Peter, what do you think would have happened? Probably some embarrassing moments. Probably some ridicule. But Peter understood that the only thing that could heal this man was the power 
of the name of Jesus. And so he pointed to something greater than himself. And this man was healed in the name of Jesus. The only hope that our world has, the only hope of healing and restoration is the name of Jesus. It's not what we bring to the table. It's the God that we serve that's healed us. Number five, the man praises God and becomes a testimony. And so Peter and John stand there and and they even reach out and they say, grab my hand and they pull this guy up and say, in the name of Jesus, Christ of Nazareth, walk. And the man jumps up and he doesn't just take a look at his legs and start, like, he didn't go around saying, look at my legs, look what I can do. It says that he followed them into the temple and praised God because when people see God at work, when people see the power of the name of Jesus at work, healing and restoring, they come to know Jesus. And so this man was healed in the name of Jesus and he becomes an instant testimony. Of course, having seen this, all of the people around are amazed. Wouldn't you be amazed if you saw something? Don't you want to see something like this? Don't you want to see the power of God at work in a way that we can't even fathom? Don't you want to see the Spirit of God move in a way that makes us jump up and down and know that God is at work? Sometimes I think we're asleep In our faith, sometimes I think we accept less than God has for us. I want to see the power of God work and move, and I want to see people healed, and I want to see lives transformed. And so people start to see it, and they're amazed. And they start coming to Peter and John because they just performed this great healing, right? But this healing was much bigger than just a single healing. And so Acts chapter 3, verse 12, it says, When Peter saw this, he said to them, Fellow Israelites, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us as if by our own power or godliness we had, had made this man walk? By faith, this is down in verse 16, by faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know was made strong. It is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has completely healed him, as you can all see. You know, sometimes when God does great things, we can be tempted to think that it's about us. And what I see here is Peter and John, two of Jesus' disciples, who over and over again struggled with pride, with arrogance, with thinking it was about them. Think about it. The disciples argued with each other. Who's the favorite? Who's the best? Who gets to sit right by Jesus? The disciples tried to do, Peter tried to walk on water on his own. The disciples over and over again missed it. So what changed that Peter and John we're able to see this miraculous thing happen and step back and say it had nothing to do with me. It was all Jesus. It was all the name. What changed? It was that they knew there was no way that that man could be healed in their power. Peter had tried to walk on water. He had tried it in his name. He had tried in the name of Peter and it didn't work. Peter had failed after Jesus was crucified 
and denied Jesus because in his own power, he couldn't do it. But now he gets it. And the same disciples that argued over status and the same disciples that failed and denied and blew it time after time, all of a sudden are completely changed and give everything they have to build God's kingdom. So what changed? I think it's that they came to an understanding of who Jesus was and what Jesus was all about. See, Jesus, their great mentor, if anyone that ever walked the face of the earth had the right, had the right to be comfortable and get their way, if anybody that ever walked the face of the earth had a right to brag and think they were above everyone else and not help and not, if there was anybody, that was their mentor, Jesus. But Jesus constantly pointed to the will of the Father. Jesus constantly said, not my will, but thy will be done. Jesus mentored Peter and John, and it took a long time. But now we see the effects of Jesus' mentorship. And when this amazing healing happens, they step back and say, don't look at us. Look at Jesus. I read a book recently called Good to Great by Jim Collins. It's a leadership book. And and basically what that book talks about is the companies that have made the jump from being just good companies to being great companies. But it's not just the companies that made the jump from good companies to great companies. It's the companies that sustained greatness ongoing. And the whole point of the book is to look and see what made those companies great and sustain greatness. And one of the key findings in that book is what he calls level five leaders. So there's level four leaders. Those are the leaders that are awesome, that are charismatic, that that get things done. And they may take over a company and that company may shoot up and become great instead of good. But when that leader leaves, guess what happens to those companies? They either just become good again or worse, they fall completely apart. But a level five leader is somebody who understands that it's bigger than them, that what they're doing leading is bigger than their own persona, and they give everything they have to build the company and make it great. Let me me share with you some of the things that it says about level five leaders. Level five leaders embody a paradoxical mix of personal humility and professional will. They are ambitious to be sure but ambitious first and foremost for the company, not themselves. So a level five leader is very ambitious, but not for their own personal gain, gain for the company. Level five leaders are fanatically driven, infected with an incredible and curable need to produce sustained results. They are resolved to do whatever it takes to make the company great, no matter how big or how hard the decisions You know what we see in this story? You know what we see from Jesus and now we see from Peter and John? Is that they've gone from level four leaders to level five leaders. And all of a sudden, they are fanatically driven to do anything and everything they can to build the kingdom. It's no longer about them. It's about the name of Jesus. It's about the kingdom being built. Here's the deal. Jesus is why the man was healed. It had nothing to do with Peter and John and their power. 
They healed the man in the name of Jesus. Jesus paid the ultimate sacrifice for us to be healed. It's the power of Jesus that will restore the brokenness in the world around us. But I want you to hear this. We are called to be disciples. Just as Peter and John were called to be disciples, and just as they were called to heal and restore, we are called to heal and restore. Every single one of us in this room is called to be a part of what God is doing in this world. We are called to be disciples. We are called and we are filled with the Spirit. Can you just stop and think about that with me for a minute? The Spirit of God that worked through Peter and John and healed a man to where they grabbed his hand and pulled him up and he jumped up and was healed and was praising God. The Spirit of God that, that caused that miracle is living in you and I. Does that not blow you away? We got to wake up. We got to understand that we are filled with the Spirit. And not only that, we are called to encounter and be a part of God's healing for the world around us. I, I'm, I'm really tired of the brokenness that I see every day. I'm really tired of seeing people die that don't need to die. I'm really tired of seeing people hate each other over what political view they take. I'm really tired of people hating other people and I'm really tired of brokenness but I'm also completely hopeful because we serve a God that heals people that are lame. We serve a God whose power is living in us and at work. And so if you're tired of the brokenness, I've got good news. You're a part of God's solution. So people start to see what's happening. What's the result of the mentorship? Acts 4 verse 4. It says, but many people who heard the message believed, so the number of men who believed grew to about 5,000. So we see a story of two disciples who had been mentored by Jesus, healing a lame man through the power of Jesus. That's the story. But like I said, it's much bigger than that because that story, those disciples pointing to Jesus, leads to others coming to know Jesus. 5,000 people came to know Jesus through the work of Christ in these disciples. Let me ask you a question. If God can bring 5,000 people through the faithfulness of two disciples, what could God do with the 300 of us that are sitting in here today? What do you think God wants to do through you and me. What do you think could happen if each and every one of us in here were fanatically driven to build the kingdom with everything we had? What do you think would happen if we were more concerned with building the kingdom than building our bank account? What do you think would happen if we were more concerned with building the kingdom than building our career? I believe that God calls us to build the kingdom. And I believe that in a broken and a hurting world, God wants us to step up to the plate and to be conduits of his healing, restoring power. Good news. There's an answer for the brokenness. 
And it's the Spirit of God and the power of God at work through us. Far too many Christians settle for something far less than what God calls them to. Far far too many Christians settle for coming to church, going to Bible studies, having good friends, doing good things, and miss out on the calling to be a part of building God's kingdom. But what we see here is that when we are faithful to to be mentored, to be a part of what God's doing, and to mentor others, God's work is exponential. Two and one turn to 5,000. And I know that God's will for us is to bring healing to the world around us. And so we're called to be a part of it. We're called to be filled with the Spirit. We're called to see brokenness and hurting. And we're called to step up and in the name of Jesus, bring restoration. So what is the result of mentoring? It's that people come to know Jesus. It's that the brokenness and the hurt in the world around us is healed by Jesus. But why do we mentor? Mentoring is not just a good practice. Mentoring is God's plan to heal a broken world. This isn't just a suggestion. This isn't just something that we think is a good idea, mentoring others, being mentored. It is God's plan. See, it started with Jesus, and he mentored disciples who mentored disciples who mentored disciples who mentored disciples. And if I keep going down a long way, you'd find us. You and I are here today because of the faithfulness and the mentoring of disciples who are following Jesus and pointing to Jesus. And today, we are called to continue by passing along to future generations and to those around us the call to be a part of God's work. And and so the Great Commission is go and make disciples. It's not go to church and be comfortable. It's not go to church and get your way. It's not go be a really nice person. The Great Commission is go and make disciples. We are called to mentor. As the worship team comes up, we're going to respond to God's word today by taking communion. And in communion, we experience the power of Jesus at work. Communion is a sacrament. It means that grace is flowing. When we take communion, we do it in remembrance of Jesus. And so as we take communion together, we not only just think about what Jesus did for us, but we feel the power of God at work in us. We understand that the Spirit is with us. We understand the love that God has for us. But as we take communion today, as as you prepare your hearts, I want you to ask yourself a question. Are you fully submitted to the calling of God on your life? Are you more concerned with building God's kingdom than anything else? I want you to prepare your hearts as we sing this song. You can hold your elements, but I want you to be in prayer because I'm telling you, we can't miss this today. 
God wants to work in and through us. God doesn't want us to be lazy. God doesn't want us to just show up to church. God wants to use us. But it takes full surrender. It takes complete obedience. And it takes us being willing to be mentored and mentor others and point to Jesus. So as we sing this song, I want you to check your heart. I, I, I know that there's far too many of us that are just playing church. I know that there's far too many of us that are just happy being good people. There are far too many of us that settle for less than what God has for us, but God wants his people to transform the world around it through the power in his name. Jesus, speak to us. You know where each one of us is at. Lord, I thank you so much that you didn't leave me lame and broken, but you healed me. But I also understand, Lord, that you are calling me to be a part of your work in the world around me. So Father, transform me. Equip me. Equip us and use us. Speak to us now as we sing, as we hear your word, as we pray to you. I pray that you would speak and transform us right now in Jesus' name.